Welcome to the Easy AI Podcast. I'm your host, Nova, and today we're diving deep into the ever-evolving world of neural networks with our expert guest, Charlie Hinton. Charlie, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nova. Excited to be here and discuss some of the gritty details of neural network training. Let's kick things off with a basic question. What would you say is the most common challenge people face when training neural networks? Great question. One of the most pervasive challenges is definitely overfitting. That's when your model performs well on the training data, but fails to generalize to new unseen data. Overfitting is a term thrown around a lot. Could you break down why exactly this happens? Sure. Overfitting usually occurs because the model has learned the training data too well, including its noise and outliers. This typically happens when the model is too complex for the task at hand or when there's not enough training data. What are some strategies to prevent overfitting? A few common techniques include simplifying the model, also known as reducing the model capacity, using regularization methods like L1 or L2, and leveraging data augmentation to artificially increase the size of your training set. Now, what about the opposite problem, underfitting? Underfitting happens when the model is too simple to capture the underlying structure of the data. It's like trying to fit a straight line to a very curvy road. You're going to miss a lot of key turns. Adding complexity to the model or feature engineering can often resolve underfitting. Moving on, I've heard a lot about the issue of vanishing and exploding gradients. Can you explain what they are and why they're problematic? Of course. These issues are related to how neural networks learn. During training, we use an algorithm called backpropagation, which adjusts the weights of the network based on the gradient of the loss function. If the gradient is too small, it can vanish as it propagates back through the layers, leading to very slow or halted learning. If it's too large, it can explode, causing massive weight updates and an unstable network. How do professionals tackle these gradient issues? A couple of approaches include using specialized activation functions like ReLU to mitigate vanishing gradients and gradient clipping to prevent explosions. Careful initialization of network weights and using batch normalization can also help. Data is the fuel for training neural networks, but sometimes it seems there's just not enough of it. How big of an issue is data scarcity and what can be done about it? Data scarcity can be a major roadblock, especially for complex tasks that require a lot of nuance to learn properly. Techniques like transfer learning, where a model trained on one task is adapted to a new task, can be very helpful. Synthetic data generation and semi-supervised learning approaches can also mitigate the lack of real-world data. Balance seems to be key in training. How does one find the Goldilocks zone of having just the right amount of data and model complexity? It's an iterative process. Start with a simpler model and gradually increase complexity as needed. Cross-validation can be your best friend here. It helps in assessing how well your model will perform on unseen data. Also, monitor performance metrics carefully as you tune your model. Speaking of performance metrics, sometimes they don't provide a clear picture of how well a model is doing. Why might metrics be misleading? And how can we ensure they're telling us the truth about our model's performance? Metrics can be misleading if they're not well aligned with the actual goals of the application. For instance, accuracy might not be the best metric if the classes are imbalanced. Instead, we can use precision, recall, or the F1 score. 
always choose metrics that closest reflect the performance you care about. Shifting gears a bit, could you touch on the challenge of hyperparameter tuning? Hyperparameter tuning is like fine tuning an instrument, but instead of music, we're optimizing performance. It's challenging because there's a vast number of combinations and no one size fits all solution. Techniques like grid search, random search, and more advanced methods like Bayesian optimization can help hone in on the best hyperparameters for your model. Hardware limitations are often not talked about enough. How do constraints like memory or processing power affect neural network training? They have a huge impact. Larger models require more memory and computational power. If you're limited by hardware, you may need to compromise on the size and complexity of your models or resort to distributed computing. Cloud resources or specialized hardware like GPUs and TPUs often alleviate these bottlenecks. Now with neural network training, there's this term local minimum. Can you explain what it is and how it affects the training process? In optimization terms, a local minimum is like a small dip in a landscape of hills and valleys. When training a model, you want to find the lowest point, which represents the optimal solution. However, sometimes the model gets stuck in a local minimum that isn't the lowest point overall, which means it's not the best possible solution. Are there ways to avoid getting stuck in these local minima? Using optimization algorithms like stochastic gradient descent with momentum can help escape local minima. Also, techniques such as learning rate annealing or even restarting the training with different initial conditions can help the model find a better solution. Now, in terms of the training process itself, can you talk about the importance of the learning rate and how it can impact the success of a model? The learning rate controls how much we update the model's weights with each iteration. If it's too high, the model may overshoot the optimal solution too low and it might take too long to converge or get stuck in a local minimum. It's a critical parameter that often requires a bit of experimentation to get right. To start wrapping up, let's talk about generalization. After training, we want our neural network to perform well on real-world data. What can practitioners do to improve their model's ability to generalize? There are many techniques, but some key ones include using a validation set to tune your model, implementing cross-validation, adding noise to data, or using dropout in the network. These techniques encourage the model to learn more robust features that are not overly dependent on the training data. Before we conclude, do you have any final words of advice for our listeners who are grappling with these training challenges? Stay patient and methodical. Neural network training is as much an art as it is a science. Don't be afraid to experiment and keep abreast of new research and techniques. And most importantly, understand your data. The better you understand it, the more effectively you can overcome these challenges. Charlie Hinton, thank you so much for sharing your expertise on the podcast today. Your insights were incredibly enlightening, and I'm sure our listeners will take away a lot from this discussion. It was my pleasure, Nova. I hope your listeners find these tips helpful in their neural network training endeavors. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Easy AI Podcast. Until next time, keep learning and stay curious.